You're listening to City Church Long Beach Sermons. Visit us at citychurchlongbeach.org. For anyone who doesn't know me, uh, I am Brenna Rubio. I'm one of the pastors here at City Church of Long Beach, where we are a radically welcoming community on the journey towards Jesus, joining him in the renewal of all things. And so we are so glad we're all here this morning, whether you're here in this nice, cool, fresh air, whether you're cozy at home, hopefully with a hot cup of coffee, maybe still in your PJs, maybe folding some laundry. Uh, we're just, we're glad everybody is here, however you are coming here this morning. Um, it is just good to be together. For those of you who are here in person, uh, I just want to remind you that we do have bathrooms. There's one here through the doors, kind of up this hallway to the left. Uh, there are also two bathrooms over here by this orange cone. Those bathrooms, it's, it's not really tricky, but just as you come out to them, you're going to notice that they are dead bolted open. And so when you leave the bathroom, you're going to deadbolt it open the same way you saw it as you walked in. Okay? You can figure it out. You're all really smart people. I know we can do this. So that's just the orientation on the bathrooms. But we are so glad uh, that you're here this morning. We get to be together and lean into figuring out what it what does it mean to lay down our religion? What does it mean to be church together? So I would love to invite our other pastor here at City Church of Long Beach, Bill White. Thank you for, hey, Joe Hermita, just so you know, we're working on the volume a little bit out here. It's a little low. Is this one better? Yeah. yeah. There you go. How about this one? Better now? Great. Thank you so much. Appreciate that, Sam. You. Uh, so, yeah, I'm Bill White. I'm the other pastor here at Sea Church. And, uh, yeah, it's good to be with you guys today. It's a good thing. Um, I want to ask, we're, we're going to need a couple of volunteers um, from some kids here, because we're, so we're in this sermon series, we've been looking at the book of 2 Timothy for the last few weeks, all right, so it's Paul, who's an old guy, and there's this young guy named Timothy, and the two of them are in this sort of conversation, even though it's a one-way conversation, because it's a letter from the old guy to the young guy. And a lot of what they're talking about is church. And what does it mean to be church? And so we're asking this question, what is church anyway? I think a lot of us are asking this question. What is church? Why church? And we've, we've been thinking about it. In the last three weeks, we've been talking about this question, what is the church? And we've talked about how church is Jesus-centered. We've talked about how church is trying to keep an eye with each other. On what God is up to. And then last week we talked about how church is protest in so many ways, speaking truth to power. And this week we're going to talk about church's relationship to the Bible. Because the Bible's weird. Did you guys know that? You guys. Some of you have figured that out. Some of you have just given up, which is fine. I totally respect that. Okay, I totally respect that. Um, because the Bible's weird. That's why you gave up. Um, but we're going to need some kids to help us here. So kids, we're going to, this is the question for the kids. What is your favorite Bible story? And then I'm going to ask you why. <laughs> and I don't know what we're going to get, but it's going to be kind of fun. So. 
If you have an answer to that question, what's your favorite Bible story? And you're a kid, can you raise your hand? All right. Wes Nishimoto, come on up. Do I have another kid? I see. Yes. Uh, is, is that a Zoe? Yeah. Zoe Rubio, please come up. Oh, there is a, a Will. Come on up. Oh, no, you, no, Will, why don't you come on up front here? You can come on up front here. Yep. Will Dunham. Mm -hmm. Okay. We're going to hear three. Oh, I think we're just going to, we're going to stick at three. Really, Theo, do you have to come up? Theo, do you need to come up? Let's get Theo. Theo, come on up. Come on up. All right, we're gonna kind of we're gonna kind of take a lightning round here. It's a little bit more than what we expected, but that's okay. All right, we're gonna start. Zoe Rubio. What's your favorite Bible story? Fish and bread. Fish and bread. Fish and bread. Fish and bread. And why is that your favorite? Because you like it. What what do you like about it? Because it has bread, and do you like bread? And makes you think about eating and food and yumminess. Awesome! It's a bread. Theo, what is your favorite Bible story? The staircase to heaven. Is it because it reminds you of a certain song? Okay. Why is it your favorite? Why is it your favorite Bible story? Because they try to get to heaven. And why is that? What is it about that? Like, <laughs> it's just amazing, isn't it? It's just kind of a cool picture, right? Yeah, it's so cool. Thank you so much, Steve. That was awesome. Well done. So you can go back and hang out with your, with your dad if you want. Goliath. Goliath. Oh, yeah. Come on. We had to get to Goliath. All right. And I'm going to guess. I'm not going to guess. I'm, I don't have the courage to guess. But I know you will. And I'm going to. Oh, man. I'm, I'm kind of scared to guess. Will, tell me, why do you like this story? Because Goliath is big. Because he's big. <laughs> He is so big. I mean, he's huge. He's like seven feet tall. That's crazy that people are that tall. Wow, that's cool. All right, and West thing is Yeah, thank you, Will. That was awesome. What's your favorite Bible story? My favorite Bible story is Jonah the Whale. Jonah and the Whale. And why is that so cool? For three days, and you think the whale had bad breath? <laughs> no, but why? Why is it a cool story? Because he knew that he had to go back and help them. He knew he had to go back and help people, and did he want to? No. No. <laughs> Was there ever a situation when you didn't want to do something? You kind of thought you probably should do uh -huh. <laughs> just once maybe 
or maybe twice. Just two times. No, it was never like couple sister, was it? Probably once, but never twice. Sometimes twice. All right, give it up for Wesley Ishimoto. Oh man, Whew. these kids are amazing, right? I mean, there's so much wonder, some awe, and there's this sense which, right, some things that are bigger than life that like cause this like, whoa, but then there's also this sense of like, maybe, maybe even God's speaking to me about my sister. Hmm. Um, I'm going to pray for the kids and we're going to let them go and hang out and have a good time right now. So let's pray for the kids. God, thanks for these awesome kids. Ooh, we could stand to do to do like them and to take these stories with a lot more wonder and awe. Help us to learn and grow. Help them to learn and grow Heal us where we need to be healed in terms of scripture. Protect them where they need to be protected from how people are going to use it against them. And uh, meet us today. Bless them and bless the kids at this school as kids get ready to come back. Bless the teachers. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, Kids, you can go and hang out back in the back with Miss Jamie and Miss Diani and other great leaders. And uh, we're going to spend some time now uh, in scripture. So as we come to our passage, Mia Hermida is going to read scripture. If you would welcome Mia. Welcome, welcome. Mia, we appreciate you. So we are in 2 Timothy chapter 3 as Paul is writing his young friend about the Bible and how to think about it in some ways. So. 2 Timothy 3, 16-17. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. People of God, this is the word of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Oh, yours. <laughs> Sorry, sometimes we stand up, sometimes I forget. Uh, that's how that happens. So as we come to this passage today, we're coming at it from, from different places. Some people are coming today to the Bible with very little experience. All right, I was... I was talking out front with, uh, with a friend who was sharing with another friend. Uh, they, were, they were chatting at the name tag table and the one friend was saying to the other person she just met, she said, yeah, I haven't read the Bible in six decades. It's been a little while, <laughs> right? So she's coming to it fresh. Some of us uh, grew up in the Bible, right? Uh, over this last week, I've heard experience of people 
literally being traumatized and abused by the Bible, having it used by spiritual authorities against them to make them do things sort of against their will, to manipulate them, to, to do things that were uh, emotionally unhealthy, psychologically abusive. So we're coming at it. I mean, there's a range of experiences here. Some of us are coming with uh, kind of an anger or deep distrust. And I want to say, wherever you are, what if we just embrace that? What if we just, right now, we just say, hey, okay. This is where I'm at with the Bible. But what if we just sort of ground ourselves like this is where I'm at? What if we start from where we are? What if we don't shame ourselves or white knuckle ourselves or should ourselves into some other place, but instead say, here I am. And recognize that as, as the church, <coughs> we get to be where we are. And we get to be where we are together, recognizing that we're not all in the same place. We get to listen in to each other, learn together. <coughs> it's a gift. A couple years ago, I was meeting with a new family from church. They were leaders at another church, and they realized they wanted to be at a place where um, LGBT people would be welcome. And they they showed up, and I I met at their their home. Their their child was in bed, and we sat at their dining room tables. It's pre COVID, right? Mass, you didn't think about it, right? It's so weird. Think about that now. You know, we asked a little bit about their family history and this and that, and their church experience and their spiritual journey. And it was a lovely time. And at some point, I said, Well, tell me a little bit about how you're connecting with God these days. But what does that look like for you? Like, do you pray or read the Bible? Is that a, is that a part of your spiritual journey? Like, 
you know, I'm, I'm just trying to be, because I'd had enough of these conversations now to know the kind of answers to expect. And they look down at the table and they say, well, we don't read the Bible anymore. Right? There, there's always this shame, right? We're church leadership. We don't read the Bible. And you can tell that they've, you know, they've been hiding this for years, right? From other good church leaders, right? They, you know, they know how to quote the Bible because they've been around church long enough to be able to know the right things to say. But when asked directly, truth comes out. And it was this actually very endearing conversation. I was so glad to have it. Oh, I've never heard about this. We all get to be right where we are. And I said, well, tell me a little bit about that. And well, as it turns out, the woman said, well, the Bible's really been used against us. You know, it, in this setting, in this setting, it, it's really been used as a, as a hammer to, to manipulate and to control and to force an agenda. We didn't feel like it was actually an invitation open-handed way to know God. And we were part of these Bible study groups where in the Bible study groups, there was this, um, you, you would receive, if you were the leader, and they were, of course, leaders, you, you would have this, you know, two-page handout, like this is where you're trying to get in your open-handed Bible study, right? Like this is, these are the right answers. And it's like, and of course, it matched up with where the church was going at that time, whether it was, you know, tithing or the mission statement or the whatever. It was really, it ended up eroding their faith. And so today, we're actually not going to be doing a big theology of the Bible. I'm not trying to convince you, or Brenda's not going to try to convince you, like, well, the Bible is this, the Bible is that. Maybe there's a different way to enter into Scripture. Maybe it's less about reading and more about listening. When I read, I'm in control. Reading is, I initiate, right? It's, it's a text I control. Listening is someone is speaking and I'm responding. So what if I go to scripture to listen as opposed to read? You see the subtle difference? And what if today is not about doing theology, but what if it's about connecting to God? 
and we can talk about theology of scripture, this, that, and the other. We've done some sermons on that. We can refer you to those, blah, blah, but we'd rather, rather have fun talk about connecting with God. So, Brenna, Rubio, teach us, show us, lead us. No pressure. No, no pressure. Make it all clear. Um, I um, have a sort of a love-hate relationship with this particular verse. Um, somebody asked me this morning, they showed me the, the handout, you know, on their phone said, is this the right verse? <laughs> and my husband was thinking, yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> and that really wasn't what they were, I mean, we just wanted to make sure they had it right, but I mean, that was just like this for me, just like, yes, I'm sorry. Um, because it is actually one of those that I think has been used against people at times. And so that's the part where I'm like, oh, you know, I feel that, that cringe. But there's a particular word and a particular image in this verse as well that helps me. Um, that it's the part that I love. It's the part that I say, oh, yeah, I think this is what, this is what changes it. This is, for me at least, what gives me um, a different kind of, of, of entry into thinking about the Bible. And it's that phrase, God breathed. All scripture is God breathed. Okay, and so theologians, they do all sorts of stuff for that. We're not going to do that this morning. We're going to keep it simple. And we're going to think about breath. What would it mean if scripture, if the Bible, was God speaking to us, coming to us like breath? So I'm one of those people, or I was raised in a really churchy home. Lots of goodness that came with that. Um, but, but there was that kind of formation around scripture where scripture was hard work. Scripture was like, I mean, you needed to be in it a lot. You needed to be reading. And it wasn't just like, just I mean, you had the initial part where you got to just have favorite stories, right? I mean, you, I got to be a kid, but then you have to memorize it and you have to study it and you have to understand it and you have to really dig in. And it's almost like, I mean, we never use that word, but it's like scripture is meant to be dominated. Scripture is about us figuring it out, right? That there is this like concrete knowable truth about God. And we're just going to, we're going to lock it in. And we're going to get it right. I'm not sure I hear that in the word breath. I want you to think really hard right now. How much energy are you putting into your breathing? I mean, are you working really hard at that? Right? I mean, come on, breathe it in, <gasps> breathe it out. <sighs> Generally not, right? I mean, sure, we have those moments. And what if scripture comes to us like breath? What if it's supposed to be that natural? that easy that just kind of like god i'm here with you it's it's like when we take those centering breaths and we just we find ourselves right we're breathing in all sorts of goodness and we're breathing out everything we don't need everything that is not giving us life everything that man, it's just let's get rid of that and it just happens and it, it's just easy it's what you're meant to do what if we're actually meant to hear from God in that 
kind of way. Other friends that I've talked with uh, who have more experience with matters of faith, some of them grew up in church and spiritual backgrounds where the Bible was kind of scary. Like it was too holy to be touched. Only special people could touch and read the Bible, right? And things that, you know, people in sort of like my life would do, like things where you're like digging in, you know, you're maybe even like writing on your Bible. Like that was like sacrilege. You're writing on your Bible? What are you doing? It was far off. It was holy. It was so mysterious. It was out of, out of reach. Is your breath far off? Is your breath too holy to be touched? Or is your breath right there with you? Everywhere you go, as intimate, as tangible as you could ever imagine anything to be. And it's not just once that we hear scripture, God's word to us, um, God's action with us, the spirit of God's work described his breath. It's actually all over the place. In the very first chapters of the Bible and the book of Genesis, we see this, the spirit of God hovering over the waters, creating. And it's this imagery of a breathing over the waters. God doing her work, and it is a feminine image, both the word for spirit there and this image of hovering like a mother bird over her nest. The spirit at God, of God creating out of breath, bringing new life. Again, in the next chapter of Genesis, where humanity is created out of the dirt and God breathes life into that human, the breath of God at work. In Ezekiel, a book of prophecy from kind of in the middle of your Bible, um, where there's, there's this imagery of a valley of dry bones and, and God's saying, look, even these bones, I can do a recreative work here. I can breathe and life will come. What if that is actually what scripture is meant to do for us? This breath of God that it's not hard work. It's natural. It's not far off. It's deep inside of us. And it actually creates newness. So it's been a journey for me learning to, uh, to be with scripture in this way, um, trying different, many of them sort of old ways of reading the Bible, ancient practices in reading the Bible uh, that just weren't part of the tradition I grew up with. So a few years ago, um, I, I was having a little prayer time and I'm one of those weird people, like I'll wake up super early uh, to try and have a little quiet. And it's not always deeply spiritual, let's be honest. You know, sometimes I'm just like huddling over my coffee going, come on, caffeine, kick in. Um, but sometimes those are my good moments, right? I'm sitting there in the dark and everybody else is sleeping. I've got my coffee and it's really, it's really good. And it's really sweet. So I was trying this ancient practice um, it has a really fancy name, but it's really nothing more than what we saw with our kids where they get to have like they just get to enjoy the Bible's story. So it's called imaginative contemplation. It's reading a story and thinking about it. It's really, really complicated, right? But it's just this kind of thing. Okay, here's the story. And now do what you would naturally do with the story. Imagine yourself part of it and invite 
invite God to connect with you as you do that, right? Like be in the story. And uh, so I, the story I was reading, um, I'm trying to remember which, which passage it was from. Well, anyway, I was in the book of Mark and it's a story about this guy named Bartimaeus. And Bartimaeus is a blind man who is sitting at the side of the road and Jesus is passing by with all of his folks and Bartimaeus starts making a scene, just calling out to Jesus, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And he won't stop. Like people are trying to like quiet him down. And he's just like, no, he's going for it. He keeps calling out. And Jesus stops and Jesus looks at him and says, what would you have me do for you? And so that was, that was the story that I got to sit in that morning. Now, this was probably about five years ago. And um, well, some of you may, may know, I've done, I've been in ministry, like my whole adult life, right? But the tradition that I was raised in did not really affirm women as pastors. So I've had kind of a long winding journey to actually being like sort of officially a pastor. And, and it's been hard at times, right? Like I was thinking this morning, get those memories, right? That like, this is what it, it felt like sometimes. So there was one time that I was at this gathering of pastors and I was kind of in my process towards becoming a pastor. And I'm like one of the only women there, right? And they're actually trying to be pretty kind about including me. So I get included in this big group of, of men standing around having a conversation. And I don't know what the deal was, but they were all giants. Like they were giants, right? Like, and so I'm in this group like going like this, trying to have a conversation and just feeling so small and out of place and just like, ugh. And this was one of the good times where they were trying to like include me. There have been plenty that have been the opposite. Um, so anyways, I'm having this prayer time and I'm imagining myself, Bartimaeus, sitting on the side of the road and this like parade of men is like coming in front of me, kicking dust in my face, right? They're stinky, dirty sandals. And again, I'm like this, yelling, Jesus, see me. And I get to the part of the story where Jesus looks at me and I'm going to get to answer the question. Jesus, you know, he's asking, what do you want from me? Like, I want to be with you. I don't want to be on the side of the road going like this. I want, to, I want to get to follow you. I want to get to be in here. And I just remember in this prayer, I'm just, I mean, I just started crying, right? Like, I mean, there was just this deep part of me that just got to like connect with God and say like, yes, this, I'm so frustrated. I'm so tired of sitting on the road with dust getting kicked in my face. Um, and as I was in this moment, Jesus didn't say anything to me, but just gave me a hug and like made room so that I could begin to walk. And now the dust that was being kicked was the dust from the rabbi that I was following. And I was thinking about this story because it's not always like that with scripture, right? Every time I, I open the Bible, I don't have one of these profound moments, <laughs> right? I don't. But sometimes this can be scripture for us. 
And, you know, it was probably a year later that I was like officially made a pastor. And that was a really good day. And I got some awesome pictures, you know, like the whole time, you know, it was awesome. It was great. But you know, the day that I actually felt like I became a pastor, it was that one. That is the moment that I go back to sometimes and go like, you know, the rabbi said, come get, come join me. What if scripture can do that for us? What if scripture can actually be healing? What if it can bring new life? What if God would invite you into that? All right, Bill. <laughs> All right, let's go follow that. <laughs> He's usually the competitive one. <laughs> See, we get to walk in the dust of our rabbi. I will gladly walk in the dust. So what if that's what scripture is? So this is this is what Paul's doing. He's, he's saying this is this is God breathing. This is this is why this is why it's useful. This is how it, it trains us. This is how it, it rebukes, corrects. But not as some sort of tool that's useful for making theology and a system. To shape, to life, to build community. Like last week, to, to inspire justice, to speak truth to power. For those who are familiar with Lisa Sharon Harper and her work with. Renee August, the South African theologian, uh, in her work decolonizing the Bible, this idea of scripture in community, building a new way of doing church. So that it becomes just like breathing. This is the new way. Just meet God over and over again. Many times it's just not fancy at all, and sometimes we sometimes we leave weeping. We leave having met Jesus, having become a pastor. Carried along by the Spirit, the breath as she blows over us. Gently. So now we're going to create a little bit of space for us not to do fancy theology, but for us to listen. The Holy Scripture. God breathed Scripture. It's not going to be fancy. There are going to be cars drag racing through our neighborhood. 
I know, a couple of weeks ago, remember that? There, there was something special, something special. Uh, the kids will be screaming and slamming doors. That's normal, it's okay. We live in Southern California. The odds of you having true quiet time are very slim in your day-to-day -day life. Sometimes you will get it, most times you will not. So this is going to be very normal. We're going to take five, six, seven minutes. We're going to do an ancient practice. It's called Lexio Divina, which is another very fancy name for a very simple practice. Actually, I'm going to invite Katie up. Uh, Brenna, why don't you just both stand up here so you're just sort of ready. Um, essentially, what it is, is you're going to hear a simple verse of scripture read over you two times. Right again, there's going to be plenty of sounds in the background. There's going to be lots of quiet, some pauses. There'll be a couple of questions. Okay. Listen to this. Did you notice that? I wonder this. I wonder that. Chance to breathe. There won't be anything fancy. And you may hear nothing at all. And that's the norm. That's not an exception. As one of the mystics has said, God's first language is silence. So we learn to listen well. That's it. So what we're going to do, we're going to take a couple of deep breaths now. Take a couple of deep breaths just to center yourself. as you listen to the scripture, listen to how it, the scripture even decenters itself. Listen for how it breathes new life into you and breathes peace into you. Breathes peace through you to the world. Yes. What might God be speaking to you? Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. As you listen, as you breathe and sit with God, what stood out to you in this short passage? Is there a word or a phrase? You could hold on to that, wonder what it might mean particularly if it felt gentle, kind of like a 
a warm breeze washing over me. But you could also notice if there's any anger or guilt, maybe just numbness. You can name those as well and hold those up to God in silence. Listen again now. Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Do we experience Jesus sending us? How? To whom? How might it be to allow Jesus to breathe on us, to receive the Holy Spirit? What thoughts and feelings can we say to God now? Invite us to share those silently to God in a simple sentence or two. <laughs> 